Okay, welcome to our community. This is Saratoga Best. We are in Parshas Mishpatim. And just a very quick synopsis of yesterday, we were saying that um, our focus now is on the feminine energy in everything, and everything that we're learning on the feminine light specifically and how um, everything in the world is leading, is being led in the feminine way or going in that direction. That's one thing. And also the goal will be totally feminine with the masculine energy <clears throat> excuse me, um, feeding into it. The other day, somebody was here and we said that, <clears throat> excuse me, in the Spartan countries, the women run the country, but the men don't, the men don't know that because the women are very smart in how they do it. And she said, but that's because how are they able to do it? How are they able to, the, the women to run the country, run the society? The men have never figured it out. She said, because they're so smart, they respect their husbands, and they honor their husbands, and so it's, it's a very interesting balance. So, right, otherwise, if they didn't, they wouldn't really be able to effectively run the country, and certainly, you know, not fool all, <coughs> excuse me, fool all the men. Okay, so the thing is, we have to realize that we're the seventh generation, the feminine generation, but it comes on the heels of understanding that it's being fed by the other six generations. I think I drink this, this will help me. So, excuse me. Okay, so the recap is in, in two or three sentences that there's a nevuah from Yeshaya that says they'll beat their swords into plowshares. By the way, that's very feminine. Men, the masculine energy loves war. The feminine energy does not like war. You know, like, I don't like your boots. Pull out your sword. Let's have a duel. We'll talk about that in a few minutes at the end. And the feminine energy says, no, 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 let's negotiate. Don't, no, don't pull out your sword. Let's try to, let's try to make peace. So peace is more a feminine energy. War is more a masculine energy. And so Yeshaya said, well, we're in a time of war. This was a few thousand years ago. There will come a time when it'll be peace forever. Mashiach time. How will you see it happening? They'll beat their swords into plowshares. Mm -hmm. Now, a sword is a masculine, masculine thing designed to chop off somebody's head. God forbid. A plowshare is a feminine thing. It's designed to cut the wheat, um, make the wheat into flour, make the flour, make the flour into, um, into bread and cake and feed it to people. And then they're nourished and nurtured. So you're going to take, so what Yeshaya is saying is, He's going to take the, the masculine energy, the main masculine thing. When you think about masculine energy in its raw sense, you think of a sword. Power, a sword. Doesn't mean he has to chop off everybody's head, God forbid, but you think of a sword in which there's that energy of just how it's about to, you know, go out and make sure all the enemies are taken care of. So conquer. And when you think of the feminine energy, you think of Food, nurturing, right, right, but what? Motherhood. Motherhood and nurturing and nourishing and, you know, mm -hmm. taking, getting, you know, uh, cutting of the wheat and making it into flour, making it into bread and feeding people. So he's saying that the masculine energy will turn into the feminine energy, right? Yeshaya tells us that. Question is, when will that happen? Came along a day. In 1992, Parshat Meshpatim, Wednesday, Erev Shabbos, more or less Erev Shabbos, and it also happened Friday, 
And the Rebbe said, it just happens. Wow. It just happens. Where do you see that? If you go to the UN, you see that they're, they're, they, they have a statue of a sword being turned into a plowshare, all of that. But really, the Rebbe said, what do you think it looks like in everyday life? You think everybody's going to stand out in the field? Come on, that's not it. What it's going to look like in everyday life is the governments, the superpowers, will take the money that they use for war, and instead they'll use it for economic things. Food stamps, you know, section, you know, all those things. Benefits for people to live better lives. They'll turn from masculine, the government will turn from masculine to feminine. The whole society will turn that way. Now, the fact that it already went through that and we seem to have turned backwards, that's a whole question in itself. What looks like we went backwards in our government, it's not backwards, it's, let's just say it's probably like this. <clears throat> if you live in a basement and then you graduate, you move to the first floor, there's a basement with 10, there's a building with 10 floors. You, you live in the basement. And then you get a, a nicer apartment third floor, then the sixth floor. Then you end up the top, the penthouse, the top apartment. Wow. So you went from all the way from the basement to the penthouse. But then they're building, you know, they ran out of space, so they're building one building on top of another. So now they're building another building on top of your your building. And they and you want to even move to higher because you want to, there's so many buildings around now, you don't have any view when you look out of your kitchen window. They say, you can move up to a higher apartment. We have one right above you. So you move up. Then now I'm back in the basement. But it's the basement of the higher level. So now we're back in the basement. It looks like, historically, it looks like we're back in the basement from a, a government point of view, et cetera, and socially and economically and border-wise and everything else you know, the World Economic Forum, um, whatever it is, the Forum of of, of Psychopathic Rishayim, <laughs> Rishayim, World Economic Forum. <clears throat> Imagine a bunch of psychopaths get together and they have a Hakel, Lahavdil, and they give it such a fancy name and you actually, and thank you, and you actually are fooled into thinking that it's, that it's a good thing. World Economic Forum sounds so good. Anyway, so Loretta said at that moment what happened in, in, in Congress was a decision to, number one, take a lot of weapons, go out and destroy them, and number two, transfer many, much of the money that was normally used for war to economical things. And that happened in the United Nations. So what we're looking, we discussed that in yesterday's recording, well, and we're saying that's a very feminine thing. What we want to look at today for a few minutes is why it happens here, where it happens, what city, what country, what building, what state, you know, what and when, when did it happen, what parsha, what week, what year, um, and whom it happened through, and then why it happened. And just, just to fast forward to why, remember that together with, together with this idea of the sword and the plowshare, Let's go back a thousand years. What is normal life? You're sitting in Italy somewhere, You're right, in some small town in Italy. Two men walk into the marketplace, and one says, where'd you get those boots? 
I bought the only pair of boots like that. They made them for me custom. He said, no, I also got these boots custom. He said, take them off right now. I paid, you know, whatever, 10 billion lira to get these custom-made boots. You cannot wear them. Said, no, you take off yours. No, you take yours off. No, you. Right? So what do they do? Normal. Normal. They pull out their swords. They have a duel. Everybody's watching the game. Everybody loves it. And in the end, with this duel, one fears the other, kills him, and he wins. And what does everybody do? Bravo! 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 Normal life. Bravo! So, so totally normal life. If that's totally normal life, now, the Rebbe said, this moment of Erev Shabbos, Parshish Mishpat, and Tafshun Nun Base, 1992, they changed their minds. That's funny. They changed their minds. They said, you know, war is not a good thing. That's strange. You thought it was a good thing for 5,752 years until that point. What happened? You know, did you go for a lot of therapy? No, you know, what happened? Yes, yeah, she was your therapist. But what happened all of a sudden, you know, as I say, mitamol, out of nowhere, you change your mind. We always knew. Tyra always said war is not good. But they didn't figure it out. What changed? So that's really the 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 last point that, you know, hold on till the end to see. But basically, if Tyra says war is no good, and the nation say, we, but we love war, you know, like like your nutritionist will say, Chocolate eclair is five times a day. If anything, do not get up first thing in the morning and drink coffee with three spoons of sugar, sorry, and eat a chocolate eclair. You know, once we were in the bungalow colony, there's a, there's a man here who's very important physician. I'm not going to say his name, you know, over here. And I remember him when he was a child, and because he's the same age as my son, in the bungalow colony. And um, his parents were away for a couple of days, but he was staying with family, and he walked out in the morning with ices, you know, a popsicle, ices, and a jelly donut. And my friend said, Mendy, I'm very glad to see that you know how to feed yourself right. Right? That was his breakfast. Right? So, Mendy, I'm happy to see, and my, my son says, what do you mean? What's wrong with a jelly donut? What are we supposed to have? Fruits and vegetables, protein, and, and carbs. He said, a donut is flour, that's carbs, protein, that's the egg in the, in the donut, and fruits and vegetables is a jelly on the jelly donut. It's a balanced diet, <laughs> right? That's a kid's balanced diet. <clears throat> so, so what happened that the nations of the world went from, we think that, that war is lovely. Your, your nutritionist says, do not eat jelly donuts first thing in the morning on an empty stomach. But I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it, I can't stop. That's the way they were with that masculine energy in, not in tradition, not in holiness, of we love war, we can't stop. All of a sudden they want to stop. Same people. What happened? So really, so the Rebbe is bringing out, when Tyra came along in Paskin, about the beginning of Yemaisa Mashiach, all of a sudden they felt, oops, Mashiach time, and they changed their whole game. Okay, so we're just going to look at a few of these things. Um, 
The Rebbe says, um, let's see, about the place. Okay, about the place. Where did this decision happen besides the, the, the place? It happened in New York. Where did it happen? It happened in the city. What's New York known for? In in, in the world, New York is known for, uh, I don't know, Frank Sinatra, you know, showbiz. I don't know, uh, Broadway. But in truth, New York is known for, what's the hallmark of New York? Yeah, 770, Baser Banishim Above. That's the real truth of New York. Broadway is just the dressing, the, the icing. And, it's, it's, and you know what happens when you eat too much icing? You feel sick. Right? Right. And that world is starting to make people feel sick. Interesting. So the real truth about 770, it is the home of Beis Rebbeinu Shebebevo. It is, is Beis Mashiach, Beis Chayenu, the home of Beis Rebbeinu Shebebevo, that place. And we were saying Bashkacha Pratis, it became the center, oh, sorry, and because of that, the United Nations was established in this city. It was supposed to be in where? Brussels, somewhere in Europe. In the end, Rockefeller gave money to build it here. It was supposed to be in New Jersey, back and forth. In the end, by divine providence, it ended up here. Very simple. What is the United Nations established for? It's established as, it was established as a place to, to bring peace into the world. Okay. Which kind of peace? The ultimate peace of the Gula. How do you know? Because they put it on their wall, Isaiah's wall. And they will beat their swords into plowshares. So they said, we are here to beat swords into plowshares. Okay, the fact that they haven't done it yet, they have slow digestion, slow metabolism. Somebody needs to go to the UN, give them some homeopathic remedies, speed up their, their metabolism, and let's go into Gaula or something like that, right? Anyway, so what? So they have it on the wall. They're saying, this is our mission. Beat swords into plowshares. Usher in the time, the messian, usher in the time when there will be total peace. So that's why, so it has to be, who is the one representing peace? Mashiach. Inside of Mashiach is the whole geula with peace in it. And therefore, this building is there to usher in that peace. So it has to be, by definition, in the same city as Mashiach himself. As Mashiach himself. And not only that, what about this building, Beisr Benishim Abavel? So it says that when the Rebbe Rayat came to um, North America, this lower half of the globe, all of a sudden everything changed. Because think about it. The upper half of the globe was a place where Matan Taira happened, and it spread out all over Europe. Europe and Asia, and over here, empty. North and South America, empty, nothing. Broadway, empty of truth. What's it going to take to transform this place? It took 3,000 years to build up truth and Yiddishkeit in, in Europe. And over here, 50 years. Why? Because if Mashiach himself comes over on the boat, puts his foot on American soil, boom! This place starts to transform into Gula very quickly. In 50 minutes, it's more, 50 years, it's more luminous than the original place. How do we know? This place sends out light to the entire world. This place, now by the way, that's a feminine thing too. Because the feminine is you receive light, like the moon receives from the sun, and then, right, and what does the moon do? 
What do you depend on at night when you don't have your cell phone on you and you have no light? You depend on the moon. Where did the moon get its light from? From the sun. So the feminine way is in a time of darkness, there is a, it, it leads the way that the masculine way cannot. Right? So, so this idea, when, when the Reverend came in 1940 to America, it started to transform this place immediately. And then 1941, when the Rebbe came, they got this idea in the middle of the war that they don't want to do war anymore. Well, hello, of course, the Rebbe put his foot on American soil. Inside of him is that whole vision and reality of Geula sitting inside, ready to be activated. Touch your foot to American soil, it starts to be activated. So they, got, they, 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 just, they created the UN with maybe a different name when the Rebbe and the Friedrich Rebbe came to America. Now, an organization is good, but what about a building? Because it's not substantial enough if it doesn't have a building. It took 10 years. They built a building. Here. What year? The year that the Rebbe accepted the, the leadership and began the seventh generation. Boom. That means the world became grounded and substantial with this seventh generation. You know, the throne of Hashem becomes stabilized, grounded, at that moment. So the UN gets a building. Make sense? And then the last phase would be 40 years later. From 40 or 42 years later. From 1950, from the time that the, the, this generation began, to 1992 is 42 years. And 40 years is also. So what was it? The world, 42 years means we, we went through the desert of the nation. But 40 years means after all of this began, we came to a point where ready for the next thing. What do you do if you wander around in the world? Time to go into Eretz Eret Yisrael. Right. So, okay. Let's give people a chance to comment. Okay. So, just a couple of more points. Now we understand why this building is here. Right? Why is this here? why this building is here, and also the interesting thing is here the Rebbe says that the President of the United States had to leave his place. Where does he live? Washington. And he had to come here. If you want to say, well, this was a big American decision, so we went to the President. No, we did not go to the President. The President came to Mashiach. That's the way it should be. Right? The President came to Mashiach. So, um, and the simple reason why the place, here's in the footnote 24, why this place of, of New York, etc., became the place where all of the superpowers come together and they make this decision is because this is the city of Mitsubishi. Okay. So, last, last part. So we understand why it happened here? Okay. And also, um, why, okay, when, okay, after 42 years. Okay, so think of it this way. We went through 40 years in this generation. We went through a lot of stuff. We went through this journey among the nations, 42 journeys, like when we were traveling in the desert. There was a lot of stuff to deal with. Once you finish that journey, the, guess what happened? The last enemy to truth is gone. 
Who was that then? The Iron Curtain. The KGB. They're done. Over. 1950 to 1990. It fell. They're finished. So that now the last thing standing in the way of Gaula is out of the way. So what happens next? What do you do after that? The nations start to feel Mashiach. Because nothing's standing in the way. You know, like, put it this way. That window, none of us are happy about. <laughs> I'm good friends with the woman who did it. We're still going to scrape it off. Right? What did she do? Ada Brown. It's okay. She's doing very bad. We're, we're, we're going to take care of it. Anyway, she's such a beautiful person. We're just going to take it off. So, so, if something's in the way, then what? Then you're missing what's there available for you. Isn't that true? Okay. So, what was in the way was the opposition, the thousands of years of opposition of the nations to truth, to Torah truth, and to Mashiach and Geula. The last big opponent was Russia, KGB, communists. Now we have Chinese, Chinese, uh, you know, communist China. Where that one fits in, no one, I don't know. Send me this year if you figured it out. Whatever that's all about. But that was the ba- last bastion, the last block. Once it's moved out of the way, what are the nations of the world going to feel? Gula. How do they recognize Gula? How do they recognize, you know, they don't wake up and say, I think this morning I'm in the mood to learn Tafresh Ayin Beis, Tafresh Samach No, they don't. Then what? They say, I don't feel like making war anymore. That's their language. I don't feel like making war anymore. So that's why it happened, where it happened, and when it happened. We went through 40 years or 42 journeys. We're done. Time to go with Israel. Time for Gula. Okay. And the last question is also, um, what Parsha? Okay. Um, what Parsha do you think if the nations of the world are going to have a connection to Tyra? Pick a Parsha that fits them the best. What do you say? That they feel, I can relate to Tyra. Are you going to teach them the Parsha about, I don't know, that talks about Shasnas or, uh, you know, I don't know, No, you're not. They won't understand it. And so that's so interesting that you people like that. Kind of cute. But it, it's not for them. But when it comes to Mishpatim, these are all things that they say, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, I do that, too. That's my, that's their kind of language. So we said yesterday, the feminine approach is, um, let's include everybody. Let's not be exclusive. In general, the, the Jewish people tend to have been exclusive all through history. You know, this is for us and this is for you. And as much as that still exists, on the other hand, we're more inclusive. We used to say, well, we... Uh, we're busy. Please, please don't bother us, and please don't expel us from your country, because we want to sit quietly and learn, quietly and learn Tyra. And they said, we don't know what exactly you're learning, but the answer is no. But we always beg, just give us permission to sit quietly and learn Tyra quietly. We won't bother you. And they said no. Thank you very much. Now we say, you know what? We no longer want to be left alone to learn Tyra quietly. We're not asking anymore. They're saying, oh, good. Saying, you know why? Why? Because we didn't let you? No. No. 
Now we're going to teach you Tyra, and you're going to be learning Tyra too. So if you want to sit and learn Tyra quietly, we're the teachers, and we're going to, right? And, and we're going to get everybody in the project. So whom are you going to expel? That's not the reason, but if you're going to expel the people that want to sit quietly and learn Tyra, then the whole world now needs to be expelled, don't they? Because now we've opened up the circle of power learners, and, and every one of you is one of our students. That's a very feminine thing. Include everybody. Let's not be exclusive. Let's be inclusive. So, um, so that's why it happened in this part. So this decision in, I think, the Congress happened on, um, and it, it happened on, uh, in Parshas Mishpatim. And the other thing is it, and by the way, which Parshas Mishpatim? From Yudshvat to Yudshvat, 40 years, as soon as the first Parsha that the, the nations recognize as something for them comes along, boom, it happens. Forty years, Yitzvah to Yitzvah, 1950 or 19, 1951 to 1991, let's say, on the dot, thing. Or 42 years, 1950 to 1992, on the dot, thing. First Parsha that we can do it in. You know, take the first, you know, gee, we really... I really want to get together for a Shabbos meal. Okay, let's think of the first Shabbos that it's going to work. You'll be here, I'll be here. <clears throat> this is the first, this is the first chance after 42 years that the nations can say, count me in. That's why it happened then. And why did it happen on Erev Shabbos? Because Erev Shabbos is, it says, Mashbis Mazikim, Mina Elam. Erev Shabbos is when all the harmful things, um, leave the world. Now, right, it's all about the harmful things, and and guess what? The most harmful thing in 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 the world is war that causes the opposite of life. That's called harmful, and 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 that's when it happened on Erev Shabbos. Exactly the timing for it. And the last thing is, it happened on Yom on the day of Chafav, the twenty sixth day of Shvat. Why? <clears throat> Excuse me. It's the Gematria Yudke Vavke. Yotke Vavke. What's Yotke Vavke? That's the Nigus Vadavai Rocho Bakar Yakiv Chiti Hashem Diva. And the glory of Havaya, Yotke Vavke, will be revealed. And everyone will see. Everyone will see when the glory of Hashem is revealed through Yotke Vavke that it all comes from Hashem and Hashem, Hashem speaks and it all happens. And, and that makes it possible that all the negative things go away. So Hashem reveals Himself. At that moment, and all of a sudden, all the other stuff melts. And the last thing we can say is also, it says, well, you're the and, and there won't be any of that negative stuff. Because the earth will be filled with Hashem, and the knowledge of Yudkevavke. And also, we've been saying recently, Yudkevavke is the name of past, present, and future is all one piece. So whatever is going to be in your Mashiach is now. Why wait? What? Remember this? Why wait till spring? Do it now. You remember that? When I grew up in Montreal, there were all these these ads, you know, pictures of people doing construction in the snow, and they would always say, "Why wait till spring? Do it now." I remember this very clearly. Why wait till spring? Do it now. People said, "I'll I'll call the contractor to fix my steps in the spring when the snow melts." And they would always say, why wait till spring? Do it now. So Yudke Vavke says, why wait till Geula? Do it now. Amen. Right. Amen. 
And therefore, so now we, we're going to stop for comments for a second, and then we're going to ask the main question. We're coming, we're, we're, we're just going to stop the recording. We're going to ask the main question. What made Giuseppe, who pulled out his sword because the other guy was wearing the same boots, and he, and he, Giuseppe did that throughout all of history, right? And he, you know, he gave him a clop and he got rid of Giuseppe and he got rid of the other guy of Antonio. What made him do it and what made him stop now? What made Giuseppe say, Antonio, we can't do war, we have to do peace. What changed? And that's the question that we're going to end on. We'll just stop the recording for a second. Okay, so the final question is, what made things change? I mean, everything we've been saying built up to it. But what's the final, whatever, pièce de résistance, how do you know, how do you, whatever, you know, the final bang of the, the hammer into the nail that made it happen? What exactly happened? Because, because, as the Rebbe is saying, it makes sense not to, not to do war. But it only made sense to us. Again, when Tyra says you have to, you have to. It makes sense in the world of truth of Tyra, in the world of Alma de Shikra, in the world of fake news, it didn't make sense to them for a few thousand years. So it means that what made sense in their brain suddenly changed. Their brain opened up to a higher level of what seems normal and reasonable. Their sense of normalcy changed. And what happened was that, let's see if we can find it, this decision and this um, declaration of the heads of state that happened in the era of Shabbos, Parshish Mishpatim, about, so to speak, beating swords into plowshares, comes as a result of, it comes as a result of the declaration of, of the Rebbeim, that he is a Melech Mashiach This is the time of Mashiach, number one. The, beginning with the Psaktin of the Rebbe Yashikvar, Mikvar Nishmu Matenu, that he said, we've completed our Avaita through Gullus and now we are ready for Kabbalah's Tani Mashiach Kenu. The Chain, and one other thing. A Psaktin shall Rabbanim Mamaira Harabi Yashroshi Gizmanagula. Yaman Melech Mi Beis David, Cheftes Shu Mashiach. Adla Maimad Matad Hare U Mashiach Vada, Mashiach Vada. Psaktin Misina. Says the Rebbe, what really changed everything was the Rebbeim came along and said, "This is the time of Mashiach. We finish our Avodah in Gullus. and then the Psachim of Rabbanim around the world that said, "The time of Gula has come," and they quoted the Rambam: "A king has arisen from the the, the house of David, and etc. And he fulfills all these qualifications, and is the Chazaka that he is Mashiach, all the way to the situation of Harizem Mashiach Vaday. This is Mashiach Vaday." And says the Rebbe, Psakti Mesinai. This was a Psakti Mesinai. And then it came down into the into the world to such an extent that this Psakti that came from Rabbanim, that this is the time of the Geul, and this we are looking into the Rambam. What the Rambam says, who was Mashiach in your generation? They said, this is it. Here we see, it. in front of our eyes, this Psakti from Sinai then trickled down into the world to such an extent that the nations and the heads of state made a decision on their own. On their own. And that has the strength of Dina de Malchuta Dina, the, the strength of, of the, the Din of the world, about 
What did they make a decision about? The Let us beat our swords into plowshares. So that, right, that very feminine thing. So that is, that is the, the, the sum, summary of everything. That the Rebbe is saying, all of this was the right setting, and what really clinched it at the end was the stockton of the, of, of the Rebbeim, and then, and specifically the stockton of Rebbeim all around the world who signed and said, the Ramam is showing us in every generation you have to point to, who is the one in your generation that this is the Mashiach of the generation? They said, this is it. Look at all the qualifications. And that sucked in from Sinai changed the entire world and changed the mindset of all the nations who, after, every, and, and no small thing that everything we did throughout all of history, including, unfortunately, the Kiddush Hashem and the Surah's Nefesh that happened because of them. But all of that literally got us to this point now where it all comes together and here we are, and therefore the nations of the world feel Mashiach, and they're saying, hey, their first baby step, let's get rid of war. Whatever's doing now, we said yesterday, whatever's doing over there in Russia, Ukraine, it's, it's, a, it's a different thing, and that's a different shear. But so we understand that if this is a stock in Mithenai, this is Gula, I feel a little silly, Living with such a gullus mindset. <laughs> you know, oy vey, what's going to be? Oy vey, what's going to be? What do you mean, what's going to be? Pull the future into, pull the future into the present, etc. Pull the gaula into the gullus. You know, what, what's, what's the oy vey, what's going to be? And we all struggle with it. We all struggle with the old gullus addiction. But, so we understand that our job now is to look carefully at this incredible occurrence and especially because we're in this time of this Parsha and this week, and it's the anniversary of Parsha's Mishpatim. And it happened on a Friday, but it really started on a Wednesday. So we are in those days. It is a very, it is a very fitting time for the Gulamites Vashlema. And our part is to say, where am I out of sync with the energy of Gaula? Because I'm simply living fake news. And I kind of got tired of living fake news. What would I want to do in my life to become in sync with the true news? We're ushering it in, and since we're a massive part of it, what do we want to do to really activate our potential, shine our light into the world, have the whole world come to us and say, teach us, teach us, teach us, so that we'll have, and the glory of Hashem will be revealed in the entire world through us, through us etc., and find yourselves in the base of Mizusha Shlishi immediately now.